Hey, welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. I'm Paul Doherty, your host, and today I am joined with my close friend and also pastor in this city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Mike Todd. Mike is killing it right now and has been ever since I've known him. Mike, you and I have a unique friendship because yes, we met before either of us were doing any pastoral work. Yeah, um, I was making music with my band. You were making music with your group, and you produced our album. Tell everyone who's listening today a little bit of who you are, and then we'll get into kind of the story of leadership and pastoring and all that. So my name is Michael Alexander Todd. That may be too much information for some of you, um, but I am uh, a husband, a, f a father of three, um, and uh, I'm just the lover of Jesus, man, and I believe my mission in life is to represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ, man. And I get to do it in the amazing city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, along many great leaders like my brother here, Paul Doherty. And uh, I'm just excited to be here today, man, and talk about leadership and um, just share whatever I've learned uh, on this journey. Mike, you grew up, your parents <clears throat> were both in ministry. Yes, sir. Uh, serving in a church here in Tulsa. And talk a little bit about that journey of growing up, doing music, Maybe even, you know, leading up to when you and I met and then leading up to when you stepped in as pastor. So um, my parents moved here from Louisiana. They were in New Orleans almost 36 years ago to to help start a church um, called Higher Dimensions. And they were um, some of the flagship members of that um, of that endeavor. And uh, throughout the years, they served in itinerant ministry and did all those things. So I grew up in church, around church, around believers. Some of the most amazing moves of God um, have happened in our city. And uh, I was young playing Sega Genesis and not really realizing <laughs> what was happening. But um, some of the impartation of those things were just around. And uh, as I got older, I developed um, a love for music that was there all along. But mm -hmm. I found out that that could be what God wanted to use in my life. And so I started producing music and I did a lot of stuff with Wayman Tisdale and Universal Records and all kinds of different things. And so I was really just um, on this musical journey. I, Paul, I honestly thought I would be the dude who loved God, but worked in the world and uh, and was able to like make millions of dollars for the kingdom and then come and give large offerings. So I mm -hmm. never saw like church pastoring None of that was in the cards, but uh, but God had a huge other plan for me, man, and so we're just walking in that right now. Wow, you know, Mike, when I first met you, I was uh, I think I had just turned 21 years old, you were yeah. 20, you and I are about a year apart. You were doing music, you were producing that music for Wayman Tisdale, and um, did I say it right? Yeah, okay. And someone had told me about you that I needed to reach out to you because I had a band and we were looking to re record a new album and looking for someone to produce it. And we couldn't find the right person. Yeah. I was we, I was at Oral Roberts University and I couldn't find someone that I really was excited about. And someone gave me your number. I reached out to you. And from there, the rest is history. You recorded that album for Envoy. In my mom's house. In your mom's house. In my mom's house. I would come over like three or four nights a week, yep. walk up to your second floor, yep. you know, bedroom. I'd sit in there and I'd bring in our bass player, our yep. guitar player, our drummer. And we... Uh, Those were good times, bro. You laid down some drums too yeah, on bro. that. We, we did all kinds of stuff. Oh my record. goodness. That album was so much fun. Matter of fact, I listened to it last night before <laughs> I came, bro. That stuff is good. Come on, bro. Like, you did we gotta, a really good We got to pull it back out, bro. 
gotta pull it back out. Oh my goodness, I yeah. And there were moments there where there was leadership moments. Uh, we were learning to work as a team. Yeah. We were learning the dynamics of uh, collaboration. Yeah. Um, that we're better together. Yeah. And you would bring up ideas that I could never even imagine. You'd say, Paul, what if we did this? What if we added this little wiggy wiggy thing? You know. <laughs> and, and I was like, Oh my goodness, I love it. Um, talk a little bit about leadership lessons you've learned even just from music and producing before you were pastor. I think the biggest thing that we have to know as leaders is everything is teaching us something. Yeah. And and a lot of times we think that it has to come in a forum that is leadership based. So mm -hmm. it has to come from a podcast or a conference or us being in a leadership position. Mm -hmm. But leadership is being taught at every moment and in everything and we just got to be able to see it and so man even talking about us collaborating one of the biggest things about leadership is learning to value what others have to say yeah and many times that uh, a lot of leaders um, think that their way is the way mm. and I'm, I'm I'm one of those that believe that my way is a way the mm -hmm. only way that that is the only way is Jesus. Like yeah. that's the only way, the way, the truth, and the light. Yeah. But any other thing that we do, this is just a way. And so when we came together, it was almost like a um, a a magic that happened because neither of us knew really what we were doing. Yeah, and, I, and we still don't, right? And now. we still don't. <laughs> but I think that's the key that we need to get. Yeah, when you have the humility to believe, I don't know everything then collaboration can happen because you're open to what others have to say. Humility is Humility the key. Humility is Openness. the key. And so when we came together doing music together, it was kind of like, what do you think? What do I think? What do you think? And we would honor each other's opinions yeah. and we would end up at the best place that we could in the season we were in. I love it. And, you know, the thing, too, I love about, you know, leadership and just the whole thing. Everything we do teaches us something about leadership. Um, we were learning, too, just to... You know, listen to each other, give feedback, and be willing to lay down our idea. I had an idea about a song, yeah. and you were like, man, that's, you know, that's good, but listen to this idea. And you changed it, and it was better. Yeah. And it required that humbling side. Mike, the day came where your pastor of the church, Greenwood, yep. Yep. Um, came to you. You were leading the youth, the young adults, and it was time for you to get ready for transition. Yeah. Talk about that conversation and then what led to you becoming the pastor? I think one of the craziest things about transition is it's never ever goes as planned. Like transition is not one of those things that you can plan out perfectly and then execute perfectly because there are things that you just don't see. And so um, my pastor came to me and I was completely oblivious. Like I had no idea that he was even thinking like, you're probably the next guy. And so he told me that and I was like, oh no, like I don't even like wow. people that much. Like, <laughs> like this is Well, not... especially in a culture too, where so many, I mean, in this city, so many pastors have, have transitioned to their children. Yeah. And he was going outside his family and yep. looking at you and saying, you're the guy. Yeah. And so he, he began to tell me, um, you know, what he's seen in me and what I've done and didn't even want it and all these different things. And he said, you're the next guy. But then he assured me, don't worry, it'll be five years. Like we're, we're in a five year plan. And that five year plan turned into a one year plan. And <laughs> the time, wow. by the time he told me that next year, February 1st, 2015, which we just celebrated this past Sunday, three years of me being the lead pastor of Transformation Church. And how many years of the church being? 19 years that church has been going, three wow. years of me being the lead pastor. And um, man, 
All I can say is that when I stepped into that role, there was a supernatural grace because mm -hmm. God had called me to that. Yeah. And um, but yeah, man, it, you it, know, you're in your spot. I'm in my spot. And people know it, too. And I felt that same thing when you when you just come alive yeah. in the role that you're doing. And you're just like most people would be like, oh, man, that seems exhausting. And you're like, man, it's it's a lot of work, but I love it. Yeah. Well, well, this is the thing, Paul. We're all graced for something. Yeah. And a lot of people compare themselves to other people and they try to do what they're not graced for. Mm -hmm. So that's why burnout happens. Mm -hmm. That's why um, that's why I'm not graced to 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 have a baby. No man is graced <laughs> to have a child. Yeah. And so any time that we try to step outside of what we were designed for. Yeah. Damage happens. Mutations happen. Hurt happens. Mm -hmm. And what God is saying, that's the same thing in our leadership. Just because somebody else is started a church and, and took over the city in three years, maybe God called you to, to write a book. Mm -hmm. Or maybe God called you to just be the stay-at-home mom. Or maybe God called you to support somebody who's doing something. Mm -hmm. And if you get in your spot, there is a supernatural enablement, a charis that happens for you to be able to do that thing. And so just like, like you, I'm in my spot, man. Come on, man. So talk a little bit about, you know, you stepped in. Transitions require humility on both parts. Yes, sir. Um, walking through that myself, you know, I realized, man, it's a lot of humility on my mom's end because she had stepped in after my dad passed away for that short season before passing the baton off to me. But recognizing it was her time to say, you know, it's, it's Paul's got to step up. Yeah. And I've got to step back. Um, and then on my end, the humility of going, I have no clue what I'm doing. Help me, mom. Yeah. Leaning on a mentor in that transition, leaning on the person who has paved the way. Talk about with you and Pastor Gary. Yeah. Um, and now you've been in this role. How's that relationship been? What's that transition been like? And uh, how, how do you lean on him? How has he leaned on you? And what was the was there rocky parts? Talk a little bit about that. So I think the thing that everybody has to realize in any transition is honor is key. You have to have the audacity to honor. And that takes something more than just saying thank you for the opportunity and all that other stuff. Honor really happens when nobody else can see it. Yeah. Like honor is what you do behind closed doors. It's the text that you send after everybody's praising you for something mm. and you and then you text them none of this would have happened without you. Yeah. Like thank honor you so much. Honor, thank you so much. You 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 saw this in me before I saw it in myself. Like and I just think about David like David had to honor Saul and Saul was trying to kill him. Yeah. That's like crazy. Like like that like I just want you to think about that. Like and the people that we have in our lives aren't trying to kill us. They're trying to propel us. Yeah. It may be different. It, it may be that they would have done it a different way. Yeah. But but if 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 David had to honor Saul and 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 God blessed him for that. Mm -hmm. We we have a saying that we honor up, we honor down, honor we honor all, all the way around. Yeah. We make a song out of it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And, and when that happens, I think that's something that God looks at and yeah. He says, "I can bless that." I'll tell you, um, there was a very hard time in our transition um, that I was frustrated, man, because I felt like I wasn't getting. This was before I became the lead pastor, and I, I felt like I was trying to 
make the vision come to life, but I wasn't getting enough clarity of where we were going. And I was like, man, maybe this is not my spot. Like, maybe I'm just going to move to L.A. and just keep doing music. This is not. And I was serious. Like, and uh, I went to a conference down in Dallas, C3 conference. And I went up to a guy, a pastor that wasn't speaking or anything like that. I just felt like God led me to him. And, and he gave me the best advice. I told him my situation. I was frustrated. I'm thinking about leaving and da-da-da-da-da. And he said, I want you to go back to your, to your pastor, and I want you to honor him. I want you to do everything that he thinks is too much. I want you to wash his car. I want you to ask him, can you help him? I want you to go and do everything. And I was just like, what is he telling me to do? He said, at the moment that you honor this man, God's going to honor you. And I went back, Paul, and I did everything. I I went shopping for this brother. I, I um, edited his notes. I did whatever God what placed on my heart to do. I did it. And he came to me probably about uh, six months later and said, the way that you've honored me in this past six months was the trust that I needed. Mm. I needed to see that I could trust you. And, and, and that's when the transition happened. Yeah. And so, man, honor it. is a big deal, bro. You never go wrong with honor. Never go wrong with honor. And anyone who's listening right now, maybe you're in a season of transition, and maybe you can relate with Mike. Maybe you can relate even with my story and feeling like just quitting because you're frustrated with the process of transition, wondering how long it's going to take, uh, waiting for clarity. I'm, I'm telling you, take what Mike just shared right now on honor. Mike, I want to ask you a little bit about you had to make some bold moves. You had to make some big decisions. And a lot of people don't see this or even don't, if they're there, they don't recognize it. They just kind of think it's kind of part of the process. But you and I both know stepping in at a young age, leading people that are twice our age, three times our age, it's tough navigating what the young people want because they're like, change, 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 change everything right now. And the older people are like, don't change, don't change, keep it all the same. (laughs) And you're navigating that. And so you make bold decisions that affect the young and affect the old. Some bold decisions to do things the way they've been done because you know it's the right thing to do that makes some young people upset. And then some decisions go, we're going to change this. And the older people go, ah. So talk a little bit about your journey with that. So I think that the biggest thing for me is I had to stop letting personality persuade the vision. Mm. Like, I I don't care if you're young. I don't care. I don't care if you're old, your personality and your place in society and all that other stuff does not affect the vision. I have to have a vision that would stand 30 years from now, 300 years from now, or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And when when I start getting to personality based, like this is what the older people want or this is what the younger people want or all of that stuff, I center back in on the vision. Mm-hmm. What is the vision that God's given me? Yeah. And for us, it's to represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. So if I come back to that, okay, if we're trying to make this decision, is this representing God? Is this the vision? Okay, everybody, I don't care if you're young, old, black, white, you got to line up with the vision. And that's the thing that kind of anchors me because, man, I could be counseling people all day over the decisions we make. Mm-hmm. But then we would never get anything done. Right. And so um, I just think that the— Feeling like you got to explain yourself yeah, to everybody. No, 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 no. No, Jesus told the disciples where they were going. Yeah, this is our vision. This is where we're like going. Like it or not. Like it or not, you're going to go out two by two. You're going to—like, he gave them the game plan. That's good. And they had to run with it. And so I think I would encourage all leaders and pastors, no matter if you're over the entire ministry or you work over the janitor, uh, the janitor or the cleaning crew, what you have to do, vision's a big deal. 
-hmm. Like writing it down, making it plain, letting it be read by men, not letting it leak out, letting people know what the win is. Where are the goal lines? Where do we win? Like, how do we get a first down? Like making it so practical because Rebecca 2-2 tells us if you write that vision down and make it plain, it can be read on the run. And a lot of people are running and they don't know where they're going. Yeah. And so that causes burnout. And so I think for me, man, yeah, any decision I make, somebody's not going to like it. Yeah. What's your favorite decision you've made in the last three years that's paid off? When we uh, transition to um, count every single one of our salvations. I love it. We, we were seeing people saved, but it wasn't like the number one marker of our ministry. Yeah. Attendance was a bigger deal than how many people got saved. When we changed that marker a year and a half ago, it changed, bro, it changed everything. And, and, and literally we will celebrate two people getting saved and the whole auditorium be up standing and clapping and it'll be all worth it because life changed happened. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, we were down 30 people this week. Mm. And like there was still a thousand people there getting their lives changed. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing it wrong because we're focused on changing the focus, changing the focus, man. And it changes the feeling and it changes the yeah. environment and the, excitement. and it changes the faith. Yeah. Like, and when people get faith around what God is excited about, do you know, Paul, that the Bible tells us that all heaven stops singing, holy, holy, holy around the throne and turns up every time one person gets saved. Yeah. Come on. Like, so if it. all of heaven, like they're singing, holy, holy, holy. And he says, stop. Down in Tulsa, got somebody got saved. Turn up. Like, <laughs> like, yes. how much more should we be doing that as the church? And so, man, I think that was the best decision we made. I love it, Mike. You know, there's so many things we could talk about on this podcast. Um, one of the things that I think is so unique for you and I and people that are listening today don't know this. It's not normal for pastors in any city that are 10 miles apart from each other to get together and have a solid friendship yeah. and cheer each other on yeah. and genuinely love each other. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of competition out there. There's a yes, lot sir. of territorialism. Yes, sir. These are my members. This is my city. This is my part of the city. That's your part. But you and I are in a new generation. Yes, sir. And we're kind of changing the look and the feel of Tulsa. I don't mean you and I are. I just feel like the what God's doing. Yeah, is. the climate's changing. The climate's changing. A lot of it has been Jason Law's ministry Unite in our city. Unite my city, yeah. Unite my city. And he, he and a lot of other pastors challenging us all to be together, yeah. build friendship. You've done a great job at this from the get-go. I remember you came when I was the 3D pastor, pastoring young adults. You would come and sit uh, you know in on a service and say hey i'm bringing some of my youth from greenwood uh, before the church name changed to transformation and uh and then you had me come speak at your conference and i had you come speak at our church i think god's up to something talk a little bit about your love for just unity in a city amongst pastors and, and and churches so my big thing paul is that i never wanted to be a pastor so there there was not a years of building this vision in my head of the kingdom I was going to build. Mm. So I have no, I don't have any ambition Yeah. for this. I do want to be the best at whatever I'm doing and I do want God to be pleased, but I, I didn't see pastors as competition. Yeah. I saw all the pastors that city in our city as help. Yeah. Like Friends. I need you. Like I don't, 
I don't know how to do this. And there's only a few of us that are even doing it. So yeah. I need your help. And so my, my thing goes back to Corinthians where it talks about we're many members of the same body. And I don't remember the last time my hand like got mad at my ear. Like, because we're a part of the same body, but for some reason in the church, we're the most divisive organization. Like, you find not more in our city, though. not in our Come city. Come on, Jesus. Come on, bro. <laughs> like, you find more unity in street gangs yeah. than you do in the church. Yeah. And I said, just that doesn't line up with what what kingdom is supposed to look like. So I just said, I, I don't know how to do this, but I'm gonna build relationships like I'd build friendships. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna support. I mean, there's stuff you guys do here. I support your Christmas plays, your Easter productions. You, like I, like I will post in all my areas of influence. I'll get up on Sunday morning and say, "Yo, if you've never seen an amazing Christmas production, you need to go to Victory. They'll be there Friday, Saturday, and then you can come here Sunday, and then go back Sunday night." Like, because at the end of the day, I feel like that's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Like that's what God wants. And I'm, I mean, I make it. Uh, and sometimes, Paul, I don't want to act like I'm in, uh, um, invincible. Sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. to to look at what you're building and know that that there could be more support for what you're doing. But God's saying, I want you to go first. Mm. I want you to lead in that. Mm -hmm. And so there's several times uh, I'll post literally on Saturday night, not about Transformation Church. But I'll post about other pastors. I'll choose three or four pastors and say, these are some good men or women of God. You should go check their church out. Mike, you are doing such a good job. And I appreciate it. No, you. I really mean that. Like, as your friend, as your brother across the street, down the road, I am just blown away. Like, God's I really name. am. I told my wife uh, during the month of January, I'm getting emotional. Because I just said, babe, it's amazing what God's doing through Mike Todd. Like it is, it's powerful, bro. And I truly believe the genuineness of your heart that you're not in it for you. You're in it to build the kingdom of God. And I know it's just the beginning. Like I know God. God's going to keep on growing you, your platform, your influence and your ministry. And I'm thankful to be a friend across the street. You're my brother. I'm thankful to be your brother. That's what I'm talking about. I'm thankful that we knew each other before we were pastors. I honestly think that that's what did it, though, Paul. And, and this is the thing why you treat people how how you want to be treated. That's why, like, like when we would spend time together, when there was no titles, no people, no numbers, no no publicity, you got to see my heart and I got to see your heart. Many times when we get positions, we guard our hearts mm. against other people. Yeah, we put and, up walls. And we put up walls that you literally would have to be a military <laughs> to, to break into yeah. those things because of, for, for legitimate reasons, hurts and, and broken expectations, all those things. Mm. But as leaders, I'm encouraging every leader who's watching, if you don't have people in your life who are doing the same thing as you, that you're not in competition with, that drop you it. can drop yeah. your 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 guard with, you're in a very dangerous place. Because mm -hmm. isolation is the enemy's torment chamber. Mm -hmm. And if he can isolate a pastor and isolate a leader and isolate a small group leader to feel like you're the only one going through this and nobody knows what this is and all this other stuff, he'll pick you off one by one. And you can go from church to church and you'll do the same thing there. You take you with you everywhere you go. Yes, sir. I always tell our church, you know, you can change your hair, you can change your yep. wife, your husband, your house, your car, 
But if you don't change your heart, you'll be there. The next place <laughs> is not going to be enough. Yeah. And uh, I wish people even could have heard the conversation before this conversation. Yeah. Before we started the podcast, just uh, God has blessed both Mike and I with understanding for each other and and open doors and yeah. uh, you know even before we started this podcast just talking out things as pastors you know talking out life uh, and recognizing that some people from our church have transitioned to his church some people from his church have transitioned to our yep. church and that we're not bottling it up and acting fake and putting on fake smiles yep. and pretending like it doesn't hurt sometimes but at the re- at the end of the day our goal is not to hold on to any person. Our goal is to build the kingdom yes, of sir. God and reminding each other. And so maybe you're listening today and you you need to drop some walls or forgive some people yes, or stop seeing everyone as if they're against you yeah. and, and making yourself the victim in every story and realizing that, you know, God wants to use you to love even the people that maybe you've been competing against in yes, your sir. own mind or heart. Mike, in today with some thoughts on leadership, just share your from your heart a little bit about you know, to the people that are listening today on anything that God's stirring in your heart on leadership. Man, the only thing that really comes to my mind is what God's doing in my life. I'm a very transparent leader, and so I can't talk about stuff that he's not doing in me. I'm a mover by nature, and I want to I wanna kill everything. Like, I want to crush it. I want to I wanna move it faster, stronger, bigger. And the word God gave me for this year was stride, S-T-R-I-D-E. And it means to walk in long, decisive steps in a specific direction. Mm. And when God gave me that word, I was like, that is whack. That is trash. Like, I want it, I want to explode or and I, I want to I dominate. And God said, no, I want you to stride this year. And I, I told you this. I texted you about it. And uh, God's really asking me. Well, you're hitting your stride, man. I'm hitting my stride. Come on. God, God's challenging me. He said, Michael, Jesus did everything that I called him to do, fulfilled every messianic prophecy that was ever given in three years. And you never hear anywhere in the Bible about him running to his next appointment. Mm-hmm. He, he was literally walking his life out and they walked to Capernaum and they walked to Jerusalem. They were walking their life out at the pace of grace. Yeah. And I just really believe, man, there's some people here that are listening that you're running yourself raggedy mm-hmm. and you're you're burnt out and you're you're going all out trying to position yourself and get in with the right crowd and and, and keep your name out there. And God's saying, man, if you just get in the pace of grace, come on, you will end up exactly where you're supposed to be, exactly when you're supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And so, Paul, man, practically for me, I've been doing this. We've cut things this year. We've we've slowed down. We've we've canceled stuff we've done every year trying to find the pace of grace. And as soon as we made it up in our heart to do that, Paul, God just breathed on everything in our ministry. Come on, bro. When I tell you that God is doing more with less and and because this is the principle. When we do less, he does more. Yeah, I'm not talking about not working and being diligent and being excellent. But there's a lot of things we, we many people listening don't take a Sabbath. Yeah. Do not take a day of rest. And that's God that, took a Sabbath. Bro, it is a commandment. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if somebody, this is not an, it's a commandment, but we don't believe that because we're, we've bought into the American dream. Grind. Bigger is better. More Hustle is meaningful. Every Hustle every day. Hustle yeah. all day. Um, Can't stop once. The, all these mantras. 24-7. Where yeah. did that come from? Yeah. And this is what I heard. I, I heard it said like this. If the enemy can't get in front of you and stop you, He'll get behind you and push you mm, off a cliff. And and that's where many families. Yeah. OK, now you have the house you always dreamed of, but none of your kids like you. 
You're never home. You, you're, you're never there. Your wife is in an emotional affair on Facebook, mm. but, but you're providing the life that they always, like that's not, that's not the abundant <laughs> yeah. life God called us to. Yeah. And so I'm just challenging people out there. Hey man, stop striving, like using all your effort and energy to get things done and start striding. Yeah. Walking in long, decisive steps That's in good. a specific direction, man. And uh, we, we got all kinds of sermons on it. You can check that out at transformchurch.us. And we got an app and all that. But I, I teach four weeks on what it looks like to find Love the it. pace of grace. And I really believe it'll bring the same healing it's bringing to my life and our church family. It, it can happen for you. Man, it's so good. Ash and I, we just got back from a little getaway ourselves. Come on. It's so good. And... Um, God spoke to me because we made a decision about a year and a half ago. Chris Hodges was with us, and he challenged us. He said, you need to take four weeks off in a row. And I said, whoa, you know, that's not part of the victory culture. My dad, you know, he never took took a Sunday off. And he said, yeah, and, you know, your dad passed away a little early. Wow. And um, it was tough to hear him say that, but he was right. Even my dad in his last few months of his life said, I wish I would have taken more rest. Yeah. And that was my warning, you know, from my dad in that moment. Then Chris Hodges coming and other people speaking in my life challenged me. And so 2017, we did it. We took four weekends off in a Come row. Come on, man. I took the month of I July was so off. proud of you when you did that, oh, too. Oh, man. It was tough, but it was so good. It was tough at the start because I was like, what's going to happen? And, yeah. and Chris even told me, he said, get rid of your iPhone for that month. Don't check in. Don't check in back home. Just be present. Because he knew if I had my iPhone, I'd be checking Instagram, yep. Facebook, yep. Twitter, text messaging on you know the website, on the app. He said, you just need to have a dumb phone that month and just yep. be with your wife and kids. So anyways, we did it. It was powerful. Came back. Just the grace of God on the church. Everything was fine. And then in December, um, my wife was like, Paul, I know we're going to do this thing again this year in 2018 because we had decided we're going to do that every yeah. year now. And she said, but what if we just took some time in January, just you and I get away? Because we've got our third baby on the way. You got three. Yeah, bro. Come on. So our third third kid's on the way. Come on. Congratulations. <laughs> right there with you. And um, and so I said, you know, we made a decision 21 days out, and we just did it. And God, again, I think whoever's listening to this right now, you might think I could never take a vacation. Man. I could never get away. The reality is all of us have that. If you work somewhere, they actually give you vacation days. Yeah. You just got to take them. Yeah. And uh, you got to give yourself permission to rest. Yeah. And to, like what Mike just said, stride instead of strive. Let, let me say this, Paul. Who Who's holding your life? Mm -hmm. That's what it all comes down to. Who's the head? Who's the head? Who are you trusting? And, and, and a lot of times as pastors or leaders of something, if we go away, we don't trust God with what he gave us. Mm -hmm. Like... And he told me, because I do the same thing in July. We talked yeah. about it before. I take a month off yeah. every July. And it's the most refreshing thing. But the thing that I'm challenged with is whose church is this? Yeah, who's the head of this church? Is this my? Is this your church, Michael? Right. Or is this my church? Am I providing for, for my church, for mm -hmm. my bride? And every time, Paul, God literally clowns us. <laughs> and he provides for his church. Yeah. And even what looks like loss is setting us up for the greatest comeback. This year, after we had our time, we had the greatest amount of growth we've ever had Come on. coming back as we came into August. And so I'm just encouraging Come somebody on. out there that needs to see it. Maybe it's not a month off. Start with a day. 
I love it. Like, go on a date night every week with your wife. Yeah. Even if y'all are just walking in the park or if you're a young leader, like, turn Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> just turn it off. Yes. Like, I literally delete that app from my phone once a month. I did too. <laughs> and then re-download it. And then re-download it a few days later. Because if uh, it's on there, we're, yeah, gonna, we're not going to. Man, you, you got to. to. My wife and I, we had this rule, and, and I'll wrap it up here. Like, on date night, at some point, like, phones are staying in the car yep. and we're just sitting down we're eating and we're hanging out um mike thank you so much for coming we'll do this again bro this there, cannot just be the, the last time that we No, you're this. gonna come on this again i think people enjoy hearing you and i together talk about this stuff and who knows maybe we'll even do something live in service we need to an interview together a we tag to. team i love you bro i love you more and man. uh we love those of you that are listening today yes, we sir. wish you a great day great week and stay tuned on the Learning to Lead podcast for more interviews like this, more guest speakers. We love you so much. God bless you.